All right. Hey, what's up? Chilling. Let's go with you. Uh, about the same. I'm on. I'm just off Foothill Lake. I don't know. Found are, are you... in this little comfy spot. I'm out in public right now. Is um, is there shit going down in town? Uh, not really. That that thing starts at seven thirty. So it's oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but I have a feeling. I don't know. See, so that one's a vigil, right? Yeah. And like, uh, also very low energy. <laughs> just yeah. For the record, uh, this this episode. I guess the topic for this episode is so Brett and I we live in San Luis Obispo, um, and I don't know when people are going to be watching this, but perhaps weeks down the road, if this Tiana stuff is uh, big in the news. Um, Brett and I have been here in San Luis Obispo kind of watching stuff unfold in our local territory. So that's the context for this stuff. But uh, yeah, dude, to answer your question, um, it's supposed to be a visual tonight, but I have a feeling it's going to be, I don't know. I just have like a gut feeling it's going to be intense. You know? Like it's going to get ratchet. Yeah. And, and that also so. for, for preface, let's just call this like the precast or something like that. Yeah. It's, uh... This is... This is the experimental episode. Yeah. So okay. I guess um, first topic could be like, you know, um, what's going on tonight, uh, a little bit of background, and uh, we'll, we'll get our take on that. How about that? So yeah, totally. uh, you, you did the pretty good intro there for the Tiana case, um, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, tonight... so that's like the whole backdrop for this whole thing. Yeah. That's, yeah. And also, I mean, by extension, what's going on in the country, too. I guess the, the, the grandiose theme is, is basically the violence and how things have escalated the past month. Yeah. And um, honestly, how, I mean, in, in a peaceful town like Slow, how, it's, how we've seen it even affect us here and perhaps even get out of hand here, you know? Yeah, well, I think a lot uh, depends definitely when whenever Dow files the charges. Uh, yeah. It's been interesting hearing Josh Friedman of uh, Cal Coast News take on it that, you know, obviously it's it's not <laughs> nowhere near Portland or, or anything like that. But we are kind of seeing some of the elements uh, from those events start to kind of work their way into town. <laughs> um, exactly. I thought was interesting. You're posting the, uh, the links of all the, uh, the groups that were, I guess, collaborating or that were working together on this. And one of the ones I saw was the, uh, like the PDX, like don't shoot or something like that. Yeah. But that's way the, up uh, there. Yeah. That's the that's Portland. Philadelphia. Group. Portland. No, that's, so that's Portland. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's what struck me was that, Oh, okay. So Portland people have their eyes on it now. So, you know, right. Um, it's getting a bit what, – what, this is kind of more of like a fantasy thing, but uh, what I could potentially see happening is that, you know, things kind of um, kind of uh, get a little bit too stale in Portland. Yeah. And it seems like they're, they're kind of trying to meme uh, Tiana into this <laughs> kind of folk hero. And so if uh, Dow comes down heavy, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of uh, non-locals come to the area to, uh, you know oh. – Exactly. And, and Brett, he's not kidding, too. Um, so basically, okay, so just two things real quick. Um, Dan Dow, that's our district attorney. Yes. Um, by September 3rd, 
is that's when her verdict is supposed to be. And I think the question on everyone's minds or the elephant in the room is like, well, is that date going to be when he does something? Or is that, or is he going to extend that? Is he going to, is he going to drag it out and buy himself more time? So that's one thing we're waiting to see. Also touching on the point you made about out of state protesters and just this becoming more of a national thing, like our little town being <clears throat> in the spotlight on the map all of a sudden. Um, there's a, so just a little bit more context. There's, there's an out of state attorney. Yeah. An out of state attorney. Um, his name Lee, is Lee Merritt, right? Yeah. Lee, Lee Merritt. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Now this guy's, um, and informally might I add, like not even, I mean, this is kind of my personal opinion, but like informally, like threatening our DA over Twitter, over social media, and basically saying that, um, he's, he's threatening to flood San Luis Obispo with out-of-state protesters, um, and saying these things to Dan Dow, such as like, you know, you might want to watch your course of action, things of like, you know, the nature of like tread lightly, um, you know, you don't want these people coming to your house, um, kind yeah. of thinly veiled <laughs> threats, you know? Yeah, well, not even so thinly either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's that's a recent thing. This is within, what, four days ago? She was she was on uh, national news, and it was like yeah. the picture-in-picture. Picture, you had the three of them side-by-side. Side. You had the newscaster, Tiana yeah. in the middle. And then on the right, you had Lee Emeritt. And, um, well, I'm curious, man. I, I don't mean to go on a tangent, but I'm actually curious. What did you think? of that specific newscast when they asked him, cause I noticed they pressed him on that. Right. And they said, mm-hmm. Hey, wh- yeah. Like I, you, on you, social media. What yeah. do you think? I'm curious what you thought of his answer. Yeah. Well, if I recall correctly, um, so it was, I believe it was an ABC, ABC cast, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, but anyways. Mm-hmm. And so kind of the, the thing that you're referring to was that moment when um, the, the pundit asked him essentially like, do you, and I'm paraphrasing, but uh, like, do you take responsibility for the, you know, the words you're saying yeah. right now? Yeah. And um, I might have to pull it back up again, but like from what I saw, it was sort of just, just like a, a non-answer. It was sort of like, oh yeah, well, you know, let, let the dice fall where they fall, you know, kind of deal. So um, but then again, I'll say one, one kind of, um, caveat as far as like, you know, getting too hyped up about this is that, uh, I think that guy's also the, uh, like the attorney or he helps represent some of the families of, uh, like Ahmad Ar- Arbery and, um, uh, I think maybe even George Floyd, but uh, a lot of, he, he represents a lot of these high profile cases, uh, right. And so I have to think in the pecking order right now that uh, Tiana is probably not like super high. Like obviously he's probably still focusing pretty heavily on, um, you know, the Arbor, Ahmad Arbery. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but you know who I'm talking about. And that one's new to me. There's so many names, you know? Just... Yeah. Well, there was these basically the two events that I remember right before uh, George Floyd popping off was you had uh, Ahmad Arbery in Atlanta. And yeah. it was this viral clip where you had these uh, white guys in the pickup truck and they're they're chasing them down uh, or they're driving down the street trying to catch up to the uh, Ahmad Arbery who's running. And uh, I forget, like, I, again, like the secret events, it's so quick, but basically they catch up 
guy exits the uh, the car with a gun and oh. uh, gets into a scuffle with Ahmad Arbery and uh, then uh, kills him with a I believe a shotgun. Um, okay. Yeah, was which it? was. Yeah, that was in Atlanta, and that was, like, right before, like, maybe a week or so before uh, George Floyd. Oh, and no went. Yeah, that w- it was the big no talking way. point prior. Um, I'm pretty sure, I forget if, if Breonna Taylor went went um, national before or after George Floyd. Do you remember? I think it was before, she, right? She, yeah. So, that it was before. And you know what? I totally remember this, because... Um, I, I don't know. I think I saw it on Reddit one day. Like mm-hmm. I was just scrolling, scrolling through my feed at work and I saw it was like it was something of that case. Right. I mean, it stuck out to me. Right. It was it seemed pretty big. Also, just kind of knowing. Um, sorry, there's a freaking fire truck going on. <laughs> <laughs> at least they're out here. It's, it's technical dry. difficulties. <laughs> it's dry in California, everybody. There's fucking fires. Fires everywhere. Yeah. So firemen are or nice sight. Um, but basically, like, I saw her thing on my feed. And, well, I just saw the story, right? And it was, like, a low-key story, you know? But I was thinking, mm-hmm. like, just knowing, like, the, the context of this stuff brewing up the past five years, I was, like, part of me was thinking, you know, and I didn't really go with it, but part of me was thinking, wow, this could be big, you know? And then I, and then it flew off of my radar, and I think everyone else's radar mm-hmm. for weeks after the story was that, and I think what happened with Breonna, with uh, Breonna, is it Taylor? Tyler? Taylor. It's Taylor. Taylor. There we go. Um, yeah. She, yeah, it was the thing where she was, wasn't she just sleeping in her house? And then the cops came in and it was the wrong house and shot her? Or is that a different story that I'm thinking? Well, um, again, uh, that one, I think this might be a good segue into another segment, which is the, uh, the narratives behind all of these events. Right. Uh, and so... Uh, with Brianna Taylor, I, uh, the most accurate version from what I understand was essentially that uh, without a warrant, the police busted into, I guess it was her house or her boyfriend's house. Um, I forget which one. And they were sleeping. But the kind of the thing that never gets mentioned in the narratives is that like her boyfriend was like trapping and, and stuff like that. And uh right was uh, not, not the greatest of character. And I don't say that should reflect on um, necessarily Breonna Taylor, but uh, right. I, the police were essentially going after him. And I'm not sure who fired first, but essentially it was sort of a, a back and forth between the uh, police officers and the, the boyfriend. So, and then she was caught in the, the crossfire as it were. Okay. Um, yes. so, so, I mean, that one, and yeah, like the whole warrant thing uh, obviously is like, totally fucked up that they didn't have a warrant or anything like that but we don't yeah. really know the the whole details of the case like i don't know i we, i guess we need to look more into that but um i guess uh, well, one thing there's there's three sides. i mean with all of these just real quick there's three sides to every story right and yeah. that's something i've been noticing with just following this and kind of narrowing down my filter mm-hmm. for what i mean this whole year dude since the floyd stuff kicked off since covid kicked off seriously narrowing down my filter to to what i choose to believe is real and and isn't and it shouldn't be a choice right i mean it should just be like this is the truth but obviously because of the nature of how information spread nowadays you know it's 
it, it's like telephone, you know, it gets lost in translation, you know, the yeah. moment someone writes something down, you know, that's already kind of a, a different version of the truth, you know, so I don't know, I try to think of it like, you know, there are those three sides to every story. And uh, yeah, I, I, with that one, it's like, I, I do, I need to do more research on that too, you know, because I'm, I think I might be getting that mixed up with a different case, actually. Yeah, well, it? maybe maybe that could be the the first one. We could kind of go over all these cases like uh, right. in, in detail and kind of figure them out in a sense. Uh, get a little timeline. Kind of get yeah, and kind of you know make sure we get like the as close as we can to the facts rather than like the post media narrative. And right. um, I think this this is what I was kind of thinking of before is that really I mean all these cases they really all kind of descend from the Trayvon Martin case as far as there being this public outlash and um, publicity and going on for months and stuff like that. Uh, basically, and I, I forget, but I think Black Lives Matter might have even been born kind of out of that incident. Um, it was either that or um, the Ferguson, uh, Mike, Mike Brown. Uh, right. But basically around that time, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it's really interesting because there's so many uh, kind of good. Uh, <laughs> sorry, docu- sorry, it's all good. Uh, documentaries <laughs> uh, or and researchers that have kind of gotten into this, and uh, like the Trayvon Martin case is just insane with like how how wild it was, how much how much uh, deception uh, there was on, mm. on on behalf of the the law system and and the media, and that was yeah. Uh, I mean, to kind of give a brief overview of what happened, I mean, I think we all do know what happened, uh, but essentially... Yeah, it's been a while, you know? Yeah, but essentially... Time to digest. Yeah, Trayvon Martin goes to the uh, the 7-Eleven or, or liquor store or something and buys uh, Arizona iced tea and Skittles yep. and, yep. Um, you know, tries to, I guess, go home, I, I think, or go to his girlfriend's house. I forget which, but yeah. either or... Basically, and then all, all we really know is that he got into an altercation with Zimmerman, which ended in him dying. And yep. um, this one, you know, it got picked up by a lot of people, um, by the media, of course. And uh, like instantly everyone started kind of doing this blame game of who, you know, is, it, is Zimmerman innocent? Is, is Trayvon, you know, innocent? And... Um, it was interesting because it was the first time I personally witnessed uh, the media really, really hammering this sort of racial thing going on, you know, <laughs> like exactly. And it was really interesting because, you know, George Zimmerman, you know, he has a pretty white name. But I mean, if you look at him, you know, you would say that's a, like a Hispanic guy or, you know, at least yeah, or Latino, even I'm not too sure. But yeah, you know. I mean, and yeah, essentially he was half Hispanic, half um, like white, I guess, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I guess somewhat racially ambiguous. But the media was yep. just so so intense on being like white, black, white, black, white, black. Yes, yes, in that wording, right? Just yeah, and and then that, completely that choice in in wording that one that very specific wording. Yeah, you know? and then also the whole course of it. Exactly. And I guess maybe you could say that there have been cases before, but maybe it was that was at the right time when social media was exploding, too, you know. And um, but anyways, I mean, when you then later on, as we kind of find out through the court proceedings, well, there was actually a lot of gray area, you know, 
uh, Trayvon technically was the one kind of aggressing on uh, Zimmerman, where basically Trayvon had basically already made it home. Uh, he had technically already, you know, <laughs> cleared the finish line, as it were. But then he saw Zimmerman was still kind of outside tailing him. And so he decided to double back and confront him. Um, exactly. So and then there's the whole gray area of like who who, you know, started it, who, who you know, punched. Right. But basically, you found out that, you know, later through the stuff that Trayvon was kind of a troubled kid that liked to fight and was doing yeah. all types of drugs and yeah. you know, fucking hoes. And like, I mean, yeah, he was, no, he was an exactly. intense guy. And, not, and that doesn't mean he, he necessarily deserves to die. I guess we'll never truly know. But the whole point was that, like, the media just ran with this narrative and I think knowingly stoked racial tensions. And then obviously... Uh, very characteristically, you had people like Al Sharpton and uh, Re- Je- Reverend Jesse Jackson uh, coming out and, uh, you, know, you know, calling the battle cry, as it were, you know, getting everyone exactly. riled up. And so and then, of course, uh, the kind of same thing with uh, Mike Brown, you know, a lot of people don't even know is that the whole Ferguson thing, the whole Mike Brown situation, I mean. First, he assaulted a <laughs> the guy at the liquor store. He like he like there's vi- yeah. there's video cameras of him like kind of picking him up and shoving him against the wall and just taking whatever right. he took. So you have that first of all, and then you have the altercation with the policeman, which again, um, I forget like how it came out, but I guess apparently there was this narrative that the whole hands up, don't shoot. That's where that phrase actually comes from. It's, exactly, is that and but, the, the protests. Day. Yeah, they brought that, that one out for a second. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll get back to that. But basically, that uh, later on, according to eyewitnesses from the neighborhood, which again, predominantly black neighborhood, they all said that yeah. he charged at the police officer. And so, I don't know. I mean, you know, a lot of people will say that you know that it's kind of like uh, <laughs> you know that you're kind of suicide by cop at that point if you're you're charging yeah. at a police officer. Um, right. And any that's just the rational response, not not what he did, but just if you asked a person on the street, you know, hey, like, what do you think this is? If this is how this this um, line of events went down, you know, and that's actually one thing I want to get into real quick. But uh, continuing, like if you ask him, like, that's how that line of events went down. I'm pretty sure the response would be, yeah, that's like that is suicide by cop or that's him being the aggressor. Yeah, or at least the cop, the cop you can't... acting in self-defense or Yeah, and that wasn't a racially motivated thing that they tried to yeah. portray it as. And right. um, I guess just to finish finish that point, uh, basically yeah. the whole hands up, don't shoot, I mean, they've completely turned it into like a uh, like a cult chant, you know, like as far as, and it's yeah. sort of like a biblical story. It's kind of taken on its own historical thing that's kind of a fairy tale in a sense you know there was yeah. no hands up don't shoot but yet <laughs> you know it's, it's one of their key phrases that they need to repeat you know all the time uh exactly it sets the narrative and so i guess yeah that's the sort of scary thing is that at a certain point i mean it's either they they have to know i mean i mean the leaders have to know about this but I guess the the uh, the end goal is more important than the truth in the short term, you know, which is I think the really yeah. scary thing, is that they're willing exactly. to just out, straight out and out lie or create a, a martyrdom a fairy tale to uh, keep the the momentum going. So, sorry I, about I, this again. 
Oh yeah. So I guess that was just Big my diesel. point on um, yeah on how they turn all these events into narratives that essentially become like uh, you know biblical stories to them that they have they right. have their own version of that. It's not a technical history. It's actually a you know a sort of <laughs> a religious foundational yeah. story in a sense. You know exactly. And so that's one thing that you one idea you turned me on to was how this is kind of like a religious structure almost, mm. but, um, real quick. So, um, just for like, I guess like a little intermissionary thing, like, uh, um, context for this is, uh, Tiana Arada mainly, or just the overall black lives matter movement. Yeah. Um, and us being, well, made newly aware to it through events happening in our community locally here. Um, the hashtags are free Tiana, free Elias, and that's E L I A S. Well, actually, we could get to him in a moment because he hasn't been talked about really, right? It's right. The character in, in this case that's happening here. Um, but uh, I also wanted to touch on one thing, too. So you, you piqued my interest in this idea, and I didn't interrupt you, right? I, I want to make sure that you got your thought out. Oh, yeah. No, I, I finished my cool. point. Yeah. Cool. Um, the thing with uh, that I've noticed, a, a general, another general theme, right, mm-hmm. is – this this chronicle events right how important it is in in if you're going to educate yourself about this stuff or know what's going on um seriously dude down to almost the minute or the hour whatever seriously um making a chronology of it in your mind of of what happened with these events right right and i noticed that started happening when when i started to get a little bit more interested in this stuff um with the zimmerman case right that was my first thought was, okay, I want to know how did this go down uh, play by play, right? And even then, the media gets it mixed up, right? Because one moment you're hearing with the Zimmerman case, oh, this line of events happened. And then another story says, okay, well, that same thing happened, but this little bit was different. And that little bit that was different can make all the difference in the world kind of the same way that the media, using a very specific choice of words, can alter the whole course of the story, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is why, again, it's so important to know, like, yeah, gaslighting, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And <laughs> that's what I've noticed here is, like, with this stuff with Tiana happening, again, that was my first instinct was, okay, I want to know, you know, how did this go down play by play? What is the evidence? There's videos, there's social media, um, you know, there's witness accounts, news articles, some swaying in one direction, others swaying in the other. So you have to see it from the whole um, outside perspective, taking all that in, which is a lot, you know, mm-hmm. to seriously kind of understand the truth, I guess, you know. Um, and even then, it's kind of uh, tricky because it goes through that translation of just social media, uh, you know, stuff gets digitized, you know, one person says one thing, another person says another. And really, it's up for yourself to make up your own mind about it, use your own judgment. But, um, dude, that's seriously what I've noticed, man, is knowing the chain of events and how things unfold, you know, um, is so important to this stuff. Like, I seriously, like, urge anyone that's listening, like, to this in the future, or I don't know if this is, like, if people can tune into this, if they are right now, that'd be pretty cool. But seriously, like, if something like this happens in your community locally or if it's somewhere else, like, knowing the, 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 chronology, the chronology of it, 
you know? Yeah, well, exactly I mean, how things went down. Any um, any person that's like a big true crime fan or that looks up, you yes. know, uh, all any sort of criminal case knows that like timeline is crucial. You know, it's how mm-hmm. usually the first thing investigators do is try and establish a timeline because, uh, yeah. yeah, especially if you can lock a, a, a not a witness but a, a suspect. You can lock him into a time frame. Well, then you can jam him up later when he, you know, he has to give up more of his story. You know, um, exactly. And and obviously, I think that effect is kind of going on with the media right now, where obviously they'll come out with these big salacious headlines, and then it later won't be, you know, true. And then over time, you know, you're like, okay, well, <laughs> how many more times am I gonna deal with this? But um, yeah, to kind of connect it with the whole thing about like uh, narratives being spun. Uh, with the Tiana case, at least. Uh, I mean, basically, it seems as though, like, the the Tribune is, like, completely on her side. Uh, that's the slow Tribune, uh, our local paper here. And uh, you see uh, Cal Coast News uh, coming out, which... Oop. I think there was a little hiccup. Which is to be expected using this. <laughs> uh, we are having technical difficulties. Should iron itself out in just a moment. Brett's having. Oh, cool. So let me see if I can pause this. Oh, shoot. Brett's headset died. So uh, we're in a, I guess this is a nice little intermediary period. Um, And I can't pause the broadcast, but that's fine. Oh, yeah. He's saying we could do a part one. But I wanted to, I guess, wrap freaking trucks. Um, continue what what Brett was saying, because um, this is something him and I both know, is yes, like this this local paper is so swayed in one direction. And then you have another one called Calcos News, which is more moderate, I guess. Yes, they, they are a publication, so, you know, they're going to um, spin things in one direction. But this, uh, this one gentleman here, his name's Josh Friedman. I suggest people look him up on YouTube if you want a clear picture into what's going on in our community in San Luis Obispo. Um, he's more moderate minded. He's more transparent. Uh, you can tell on his streams, he doesn't really put his opinion in. Uh, he is constant. He's a constitutional guy. It seems every time people try to kick him out of stuff, he um, stands his ground and uh, evokes his first amendment rights or whatever he does. You can see it on his streams, but uh, he's a, He's a good guy in this, I'd say. Um, yeah, look him up. Josh Friedman, J-O-S-H, uh, last name Friedman, F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N on YouTube. 
Um, and yes, he does uh, publish his stories to CalCoast News, but at the same time, before he does that, uh, he's live streaming everything. And he acts as essentially just a transparent uh, view into, into what's going on with this stuff. So that's what I'll wrap up for this part. Uh, this could be part one. Um, in part two, uh, we'll probably get more into uh, Elias's story, who's the other gentleman that was arrested alongside Tiana on July 20th, and uh, perhaps discuss uh, kind of this theory, right? It's not something that we're uh, totally uh, believing, we're entertaining the idea, but uh, this religious cult-like structure of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, so thanks for listening, and uh, part two will be coming up shortly once they get Brad on the, on the uh, line again. Thank you.